It's crazy to think that we're already on our, our third Sunday of Advent. It's just crazy. Um, so on our third Sunday of Advent, we're going to be talking about joy. Um, and this is pretty great that I get to preach on something other than love. So <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know the joke, um, almost every other sermon that I've preached here has been about love, which has been like four or five times. So um, I pretty much talked all I could about love. So it's been pretty good. It's been pretty good to prepare something other than love. So, and I'm sure you guys are happy to hear something different as well. <clears throat> so, would you stand with me for the reading of God's word? We're going to be in First Peter today. First Peter one, um, starting with verse three, going all the way to verse eight. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, the inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. And all this greatly, in all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. And these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you. Thank you. You can be seated. <clears throat> So joy, joy can be a funny thing sometimes. We like it when we have it and feel empty when we don't have it. And God tells us that he desires to fill us with joy, that we have it all the time and not just when we are doing something that we enjoy. And Jesus Christ is it. Um, I don't know if some of you guys have seen like those older or newer Coke versus Pepsi commercials right? Anybody? Or is it just me? Yeah, it works better if there's a little give and take here. So, right? <clears throat> so I came across this one commercial where um, there was a Coke truck and a Pepsi truck that came, uh, that stopped at the same store. And they both of these guys come out and gave each other like these dirty looks and stuff. And so they were hurrying, trying to like load up their carts and trying to run into the store. And then all of a sudden, there was this guy who popped up onto the screen and was starting to talk about his soda stream, right? Do we all know what a soda stream is? Yeah. Um, and so, talking about soda stream, and he was like, oh, we can save so much plastic. We save X amount of like bottles and stuff. No, no, I don't want any part of that. I want my rivalry back between the Coke versus Pepsi guy, right? Their hatred brings me joy. <laughs> so just like just like Coke is the real thing, or Pepsi, for those of you who are into those kind of things, Jesus is the real deal. Jesus Christ is the great, greatest gift that mankind could have ever gotten from God the Father, and it should bring us joy as we rejoice in what he, what he has done for us. It is this theme for Christmas that a loving God would come to this lost world and provide us for everything that we needed to spend an eternity with him and live productive lives while we are here. You cannot separate these things from God, faith, love, joy, peace, and hope. 
And they're all wrapped together. It is a package deal that God desires so we can experience all of it. Birth, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ have to be put together. So is there hope for you and I? Yes, of course. Can we experience the joy that God is talking about? That is more than just having a good time once in a while and feeling empty the rest of the time? Yes, we can. Is there hope for a, pers- for a person who puts their foot in their mouth? For a person who can say things that receives high praise one moment and a few hours later is getting in trouble and being yelled at? Well, I want you to say hi to the Apostle Peter. Peter, who denied the Lord, but preached the greatest sermon that kickstarted the whole church. And there is hope for each one of us because the God of hope is the one who gives it. The God of love, hope, and peace transforms us to experience it. It has given to us, again, a living hope through the resurrection of Christ from the dead. A living hope, a life-giving hope, a hope that is sure and steadfast, that is rooted and grounded in a living relationship with God. And that major, many years ago, came hope for a dying world. And that major came the ability to have joy unspeakable. Joy is not just a place or an item. It is the person of Jesus Christ. And because the joy that Jesus brings is from the inside out and does not operate on circumstances, but on relationship with him. The joy he brings is not limited to the new, but for all of eternity. And this life is not based upon what you are going through and what is in your future. There is no greater blessing to know that your name is written down in heaven. And that heaven is not just a nice place that you read about or is something that you're just told about. That is just not this feel-good place that you would like to go, but a place that you will go to if you trust and hope in Jesus. Joy in the Lord is not a temporal thing that do not last. And our inheritance in heaven is as incorruptible as God. Our inheritance in heaven is as undefiled as God. Our inheritance in heaven is as unfading as God. Our inheritance in heaven is reserved for us. And Jesus promised, and we can see this in John chapter 14, verses 1 through, 1 through 3. Jesus promised, says, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. That will bring godly joy. So I just want, I want you to take a second, and I want you to imagine something with me. I want you to imagine the year is around somewhere in the 1800s, and there was a Scotsman who decided to migrate to America to start a new life. He wasn't rich, so he carefully got together all of his possessions and sold them. And clutching the money that represented his entire wealth, he decided that he would save as much as he could on food during the ocean voyage in order to have more money on hand when he reached America. So he went to a small store and bought himself a a little supply of cheese and crackers to get him through the days at sea. But as the voyage progressed, the salty sea air made him very hungry. 
And to make matters worse, the dampness in the air also made his cheese very hard and his crackers soft. He was almost desperate with, with hunger. And the last straw came when he caught the whiff of delicious food on a tray that a steward was carrying to another passenger. And the hungry man made up his mind that we have one good meal, even though it might take some of his precious money. And he awaited the return of the steward and asked him how much it would cost to go to the dining room and to get dinner. And the steward asked the man if he could see his ticket for the, for the passage. And the man showed him his ticket, and the steward told him that all meals were included in the price of his ticket. The poor man could have saved the money he spent on crackers and cheese, and he could have gone to the dining room and eaten as much as he liked every mealtime. It was included in the ticket. And this is like a little bit like joy, right? As Christians, we have been given the gift of joy. And just like the Scottishman had, to, had his meals part of his ticket, joy is part of our ticket of salvation. There's no need for us to continue to look for joy where there is none. We look for joy in what the world tells us which should bring us joy instead of what God says joy is to us. It's right in front of us, but too many of us are trying so hard to find joy on our own terms that we are completely oblivious to the complete joy that God has already provided with us. So I want you to ask yourself this. Are you a cheese and cracker Christian who is starving for some joy in your life? Or are you enjoying every delicious nibble of joy that God has set out for you? Have you found joy in your life yet? So people throw the word joy around and it's acquired so many meanings. We typically use the word joy in the same way we use words happy or glad or thrilled. But they are not really the same. So happiness is the good feeling you have when you get what you want, an emotion when something funny happens. Happiness is usually short-lived and leaves when the circumstances and life change. In 1 Thessalonians 5.16, it says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So I want to spend the next few minutes talking about three things that Peter tells us about the inexpressible and glorious joy of the, Lord, of, the, of the Lord. One, godly joy looks to the future. We have a living hope and inheritance kept in heaven, a coming salvation, and a date on the last day. These are all future references. These are all things that are assured in our future, and because of this, we can have joy now. We can rejoice now because our future salvation is assured. When the angel appeared to the shepherds that first Christmas night, he said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. This news was, fil this news was filled with joy for all people. What was the news? that a Savior was to be born, a Savior that would bring salvation to all people. And Peter testifies to the fact that our salvation was accomplished in the death and resurrection of Jesus. And in the future hope, we can have joy now that overshadows everything else. Point number two, 
Godly joy is a gift from God. If joy is available because of our future salvation, then joy is also given to us from God. When the people of Israel returned from captivity and rebuilt the city of Jerusalem, Nehemiah and Ezra needed to address many of the sins they were happy to accept. And during the reading of God's law, the people were convicted and wept in repentance. So Ezra, the the priest, exhorted the people, Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. God had heard their cry for repentance, and and his forgiveness was available to them. And God's salvation was offered, and along with it came the joy of the Lord. God's joy comes from having a personal relationship with him, which is achievable only through the salvation which Jesus offers. In Galatians 5.22, it tells us the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If we have a relationship with God, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. He is part of the package of salvation that is offered. And one of the things he brings with him is joy. Do you have a life that is joyful? God's joy refreshes, invigorates, and strengthens those who have it. What effect is God's joy having in your life? Some here today have a relationship with God, but it is distant. He knows you, but you hardly know him. In this moment, some of you have a strained relationship because you are upset at God about an event that has happened in your life or because you choose not to obey his will. And a few of you are walking closely with the Lord and look forward to meeting him each day. The amount of joy you have in your life is normally directly related to your relationship with God. So how close are you walking with him? The closer you are, the more joy he can give you. The joy of the Lord is irrespective of your circumstances. And that goes to it next to our, our next point. Godly joy does not depend on circumstances. First Peter was a letter written to people who were faced with persecution. Nero was a brutal man, and he used to take Christians and tie them to posts in his gardens. And then he used them as candles to provide light in the evenings so that he could enjoy those gardens. He would take Christians to the arena and use them as entertainment for himself. And the crowds as the lions and other wild animals were let in. The angels came to the shepherds at night when it was the darkest. And maybe that describes you. Right now, your life is dark. You can't see straight because of the struggles and the pain that you are facing. And let me give you this word of encouragement. Just as God proclaimed joy to these shepherds in the middle of their night, in the middle of their night he proclaimed joy in your life in the middle of your night. So what is the joy of the Lord? The joy of the Lord is the gladness of the heart that comes from knowing God, abiding in Christ, and being filled with the Holy Spirit. Godly joy that looks to the future. Godly joy is a gift of God, and godly joy does not depend on circumstances. This year, how about allowing God to overflow you with his joy, abiding in his presence? So Dave's going to come up and he's going to start playing something in the background. And then we're almost finished, and I know all of us are getting 
kind of excited to go eat some cookies, drink hot chocolate, and go caroling. But I just want you guys to stick with me for a moment. And I'm not sure where some of you are at today, but there is an opportunity for you today to have this joy unspeakable. The Scotsman in the story we heard earlier had to buy a ticket to come to America for a better life. Our ticket has already been bought when Jesus Christ came and died on the cross for our sins. Our ticket is an all-exclusive ticket, and all we need to do is accept it. And with it comes joy only God can provide. And as we, pre- as we prepare to close today, the altars are open. There's also this paper that's um, in the row in front of you. And you might have to share with your neighbor. This was, um, this was a prayer of commitment that John Wesley would say um, every now and again to himself. And today I'm going to read it. Uh, I'm going to read it to you guys. And you can take it along with you. And you can use this as your prayer as well. But I just want you to hear these words today. I am no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will and rank me with whom you will. Put me to doing put me to suffering and let me be employed for you or laid aside for you exalted for you or brought low for you let me be full and let me be empty let me have all things and let me have nothing I freely and wholeheartedly yield all things to your pleasure and disposal. And now, glorious and blessed God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are mine and I am yours, so be it. In the covenant now made on earth, let it be ratified in heaven. Amen. Would you stand with me today? Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Hear the benediction this morning. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may be filled with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.